Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jag sitter här på Hotel Market Seminar och jag ska prata med Tom som jobbar på Saber och han är what your title is VP of Product Management and you work especially with uh, hospitality yeah hospitality distribution so center reservation systems so um, uh, what is uh, if you only listen to this for for three minutes what's the most important news in your business So, so right now, I think the the most important news and something we saw quite a bit even today in in the conference is the um, the evolution of the distribution landscape for uh, for the hotels to to uh, expand their their distribution of products beyond rooms. We had um, we had Cindy present some research about uh, willingness to buy. We saw the the upsell likelihood coming from Oki today. So there was a very consistent theme uh, about hotels turning, becoming retailers and really getting um, into selling far more than just a room for a night. What you, Saber uh, to me is a competitor to Amadeus and to Travelport. And uh, you started also with air uh, planes, and then you went over to hotels. Am I correct? So, so about uh, 12 years ago, Saber got into the hospitality business through their acquisition of Synixis, and um, and that really was the first foray for them into the hotel uh, marketplace. So they now have three business units with the Travel Network. That's the traditional GDS that you know with you know Travelport and Amadeus, uh, the airline solutions business, as you re- mentioned, and and the hospitality solutions business. Um, and so similar to what Amadeus has done over the past two years um, with the creation of Amadeus Hospitality is the is the creation of, of all of their hospitality specific uh, partner uh, products and business lines. That's what Sabre Hospitality was about uh, 12 years ago when it was created. So and you also told us that um, that uh, the air 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 companies make 10% of their profit or the revenue sorry comes yes. from uh, other things than than uh, planes uh, can how did they do and how should the hotel industry do so some of that comes from what what's called reclassification of revenue so it's things that um, used to be included in the rate so um, that you would pay for a fare and so by taking it out of the fare it gave the consumer choice um, except that the airs, airlines didn't typically then lower the rate they just started also charging you for those things and and so it's you know everything from from a group priority check-in to luggage but with um, with airlines you are a sort of a captive audience member in a metal tube for a few hours at most, whereas uh, the opportunity exists, I think, in a much greater sense for hotels because you are more, you're a guest for a much longer period and there are far more opportunities for, for non-room um, elements to be incorporated into a guest's stay. 
But but this development uh, in the airplane uh, business is was started with Ryanair and EasyJet and all this low cost, yeah. and uh, this that is something that uh, is the hotel industry ready for the same sort of companies, or will we see another development? I, I think the the evolution and the reason for this this move is is driven by different forces. So with with something like Ryanair, it was pure about extracting the last bit of revenue from the consumer, um, and 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 trying to to charge them for everything. And of course, Ryanair famously even explored charging you to use the restrooms. Um, whereas from the hotel's perspective, they're focusing on it purely from a um, guest service perspective, um, and and trying to. Um, map to a guest's need and, and part of that is in reaction to the evolution of the alternate accommodation space where guests are coming in you've heard terms like stay like a local which is a former tagline that at the Airbnb used to use uh, hotels have the opportunity and the knowledge to provide that service but they have historically been just centered around standardized operations and, and fulfilling a very basic um, stay for a guest. And so I think the uh, driving force for the hotels comes from a guest service perspective and not necessarily purely a revenue maximization perspective. And uh, I've heard um, when you go to the hairdresser, they have like the same problem. It's like the hairdresser wants to cut your hair, but they don't want to sell shampoo, even though they could sell shampoo. Mm-hmm. How you can give them the, the technical tools and the reasons why but still uh, it's very hard to change people's minds uh, what do you think so so that's where you're not going to see a consistent implementation of that methodology throughout the industry different brands are going to approach it just as within the past 10 years hotels have rethought the lobby and they said we want this to be a communal space we want this to be open restaurant space and they've taken very different approaches to how they treat the lobby i, I expect the same type of thing will occur with hotels where they they will find different ways of providing guest choice and guest flexibility that is not just about trying to sell them something else so will this be big in leisure or in business travel or in both? Uh, we ha- we heard after you we heard somebody coming uh, talking about business travel and saying that uh, there are so many rules around business travel mm-hmm. that they're not sort of allowed to buy anything. Uh, what do you say? Uh, um, am I wrong? So there, there will be very much a different implementation within the business traveler segment. Um, one of the biggest areas which we already see is in, is in uh, transportation to and from the hotel, including parking. So those types of elements are not typically uh, TMC or corporate uh, buyer constrained. Um, in fact, the opportunity exists for the corporate traveler to reduce friction. And, and that's, that's a real important metric. So it's not even necessarily, if you think about the from a leisure segment, it's about increasing pleasure and it's about creating a nice, fun experience. For the business travelers, everything I can do to reduce pain is to make my travel experience as seamless and repeatable and easy as possible. And so I think it will be approached from two different perspectives. It will drive very similar outcomes, um, but they will be implemented differently. So in the case of the... Um, 
the corporate buyer being able to manage their air tra- their uh, airports to hotel transfer, let's just say, or to be able to pre-reserve parking, those types of things reduce points of pain that a, that a guest would experience right before they walk in. Because you, you don't want a corporate traveler to have the last thing that they experienced was standing in a long line for a taxi or not being able to find parking or, or having to park at a garage a couple blocks down the street. To have more and more of their stay accounted for uh, up front will be uh, attractive to both the, um, the corporate buyer as well as to the travel agency because of course if they're going to get a commission on the total purchase they will happily offer parking as part of the stay so i believe the implementations will be very different because those types of services will be equally as as viable to the leisure segment but for uh really coming from a different emotional perspective i'm gonna check here my notes you talked about um, uh, netflix uh, having 300 million, free, yeah, no, 33, 30, 33 30, million, yeah. sorry, different, uh, well, explain what uh, wha- uh, what I'm trying to ask you. Yeah, sure, sure. So so what one of the things that Netflix does is that even though they are still serving up the same content, this, so think about it like drawing the parallel to hotels. A hotel, when if they're going to sell a room, still has the same physical product that they're going to sell. But what they do with Netflix is is really about the content, about how they market it to you as the consumer. So one of the common things that they'll do is they'll personalize the imagery of what image you see on a particular show. So if you're interested in horror movies, they might show you a different image for Stranger Things of of the Scary Monster versus if you're an 80s movie fan, they'll show you a picture that appeals to you based upon your search history um, or your behavior while on the site. And so while the same physical product is still being given to you, you're watching the exact same show, it's the content that is being marketed to you. And that that opportunity really transfers well to the hoteliers because of the different segments that they have to attract and the different personas they have to attract. And yet, especially when you're selling a room, it's still the same physical product. But there are different aspects of that product that are important to different people. You talked a lot about data uh, and uh, about OTA and metadata and so on. And I have this feeling that Google is sort of uh, trying to eat up a booking and Expedia and so on. Uh, am I right? And tell me a little bit about this process. So so you're, you are correct. Um, the, the sort of um, small big fish eating the smaller fish kind of um, paradigm here is is that especially because of the free access to or kind of easy access to capital, which we heard from Martin earlier today, um, is, is, is resulting in uh, smaller hotel chains being bought up. We heard 25C Hotels and Banyan Tree, all these hotels, chains that got bought by a core when they got capital. Um, similar things are sort of happening where the large, even the larger chains are kind of battling against the bigger Expedias and Booking.com. They are concerned. The, the OTAs, I think, are threatened most by both the likes of Google and eventually Amazon, but not yet. Uh, And so Google, with their rollout of their book on Google program, has essentially created um, a lack of booking transparency to the consumer, meaning I don't know where I booked, I just booked on Google, even though the booking didn't really happen on Google. The booking happened on a channel that, as a consumer, I don't know that it may have actually booked even through an OTA or a booked brand direct or booked through some other intermediary. So it's made it easier for the consumer because they stop having to shop. It's almost the, uh, an evolution, actually, of the meta model. It's, it's the meta model without the referral. 
most meta, then you know, you're shopping and you have transparency of the site that you shopped and you transfer to that site for booking. Google's approach is we're going to do that meta aggregation, but then we're going to book for you. And don't worry about where it books. Not your concern as a guest. And, that, and, and they are right to do that because from the guest's perspective, they may not actually care. Did I book on Expedia or did I book on Booking.com? I don't care. I want this hotel. And that's the important thing. So done right, I actually think that puts more power in the hands of the hotels. Um, but it certainly will be scary for the meta players and for the OTAs. In the future, do you think Google will sort of take control even of a customer's choice? That sort of, instead of giving you different alternatives, uh, go here, go here, here, Google will say, you should go here. And do you think that process, uh, do you think that will happen? I think because 80, I'm like, I love to sort of choose different hotels, but yeah. most people, they don't like to choose. They just want to have, go to a good place. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? Yes. So, so I, I think it's been Google's mentality to always make data accessible to the end consumer, but that's not to say that they can't heavily influence the decision. So I, so I think how it will naturally play out is that they will still heavily influence the decision, but with the opportunity to see everything. So uh, I doubt that they'll ever get into the situation where some of the early OTAs used to do what's called pay for play or pay for placement. Um, you still will have that with Google. And, and we should expect that with Google because it's they're all about pay for placement. But that's their business model, right? With their their PPC, their pay per click, and their in their um, and their SEO. But um, that's not to say that the organic data. So if you think about the paid versus organic, that the organic data won't still be there. That's that's the traditional model that Google has operated. So I expect them to carry that forward into the way in which they they treat hotels. What where we run a potential risk as a hotelier is that you might actually lose the ability to own your content. And that was one of the things that I was trying to focus on is that if you have a highly differentiated hotel with lots of different room types, Google might tell you, if I want to list you, I just want to show you the whatever one room. And where that creates the risk is that if you've got this highly differentiated hotel product with lots of different unique rooms, you get... Um, Uh, washed into this very generic product and then you're competing on location and price and that's it and so that's where i think there ends up being a risk so it's not through any type of um, anti-competitive action but more of an approach to try to say we as a as a search engine are trying to help customers compare and buy two things on a shelf next to each other So to best do that, we have to make it look as simple and generic as possible, which is against the best interest of the hotels. And that's where I think we have um, some potential um, uh, friction between the hotels and Google in the future. So uh, what have I forgot to ask about that I should ask about? (laughs) (laughs) Something more important that you want to tell us? Um, So I think, uh, and it's something I didn't talk about in, in my session because I wanted to, to, to be more of a thought leadership piece, but it is, it is true that um, there are many folks investing in solutions to this problem today, and you've probably heard of something called um, attribute-based selling, and it's something that we, we haven't really talked about at the hotel seminars today, but it's a, it's a pretty, pretty important evolving trend um, that I believe um, will be, by, by year-end, there will be providers offering hotels the ability to price even their hotels by attribute. And so if you uh, recall from Cindy's research where she understands the unique value of something like a a room view, 
Well, hotels already certainly charge by room view, but they always bundle it up into the particular room type. I think one one big trend that will occur between uh, within the next year is that hotels will have the pricing capability to actually price by the attribute even of a room. And, and what that then gives them is that control that they say, if they recognize that the value of the room is greater, that's not changing every one of my rooms. That's just one change to the attribute itself. And, um, and I think that's a pretty important trend that um, while it's powerful, there is all of that same friction that I talked about with the ecosystem of distribution um, will be the headwinds slowing it down. Um, but I still think it's, it's, um, it's value causes the the headwinds to be overcome meaning it's it's an important enough concept for the hotels to give them that operational flexibility and pricing control and in frankly transparency if they want it um that it will win out in the future okay thank you very much all right thank you all right great Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.